baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We are joined this segment by Erie County Comptroller, Kevin Hardwick, also the founder of the show Hardline. Kevin, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Good morning, Joe, and uh, happy anniversary. I am so happy for you and for Katie uh, I, uh, unlike a lot of people, I knew you when you were miserable before you met Katie. Um, and it's, it's, it's nice to see how happy the two of you are. Um, and I hope that the, the Bills and the Mets and the Phillies deliver on their anniversary gift for you later today. And if I can, if I can exercise a point of personal privilege, I want to do a, a shout-out to my own wife, uh, Debbie. Uh, we'll be celebrating on Thursday our 43rd anniversary. And uh, this year has been uh, uh, been rough. Uh, um, she's currently recovering from uh, some major surgery four weeks ago, and uh, uh, she's she's doing well, making progress. But uh, but uh, want to tell her how much I love her, and uh, we're all pulling for her, and want to send thanks to all the uh, the staff, the doctors, the nurses, uh, the uh, the volunteers. Uh, the people in the cafeteria at uh, at Roswell Park because uh, they have uh, they've been super. That place is a is a gem. Uh, and again, I'm so happy for you. Uh, you know, as much as we're going through now, I can tell you, after 43 years, the, the toughest year is really the first because that's all the adjustments. And you guys are doing great. And again, you're not miserable anymore. And I think that's that's good for uh, all politicians who come on this show that they're not dealing with a miserable Joe Beamer. A nice Joe Beamer. Well, thank you, Kevin, and happy anniversary to you. And you, you and your wife remain in my my thoughts and prayers. Thank you, Joe. Now, Kevin, uh, you had a busy week this week, uh, releasing your uh, audit that showed an overcharge of over a half a million dollars. Now, what what brought on this audit, and what did you find specifically? Well, it was actually brought on by a whistleblower complaint uh, earlier this year, I mean very early this year, in January or early February, uh, to the health department, because this was a health department program. They did not come directly to us in the controller's office, although we do have a whistleblower uh, hotline, and if anybody wants to use that, the uh, the information is available on our website. But they went to the health department, and the health department uh, looked into a contract uh, in the uh, test-to-stay program. This was the school program. You remember a year ago when uh, when uh, uh, there was a time when if a student was was 
even in the vicinity of someone who tested positive for COVID, they had to stay out for two weeks or 10 days or whatever the heck it was. And then the state modified the regulations to allow for test to stay. Okay, you can come back, but every morning you got to go to the nurse's office or whatever and get tested. If it comes up negative, you can stay. If it's positive, we're sending we're sending you home. Anyway, the county didn't have, the schools didn't have the resources. The county didn't have the resources uh, to conduct this program by themselves. Uh, so we hired Buffalo Home Care uh, to provide these uh, these services. Uh, we the county, the health department got the whistleblower complaint. Uh, and in early February, I got a call from the county executive, Mark Polinkars. He said, we're going to be sending you a letter. There's this problem with this one program uh, that we got through a whistleblower complaint. Uh, and within minutes, the letter showed up and it, it requested this audit. And, you know, we've, we've taken uh, pains to uh, make sure we get this audit right. And we issued, uh, we issued publicly the document this, uh, this past week. So this is just from the test to stay. Will there be any other COVID-related audits or investigations through the comptroller's office? Yeah, well, the, the whistleblower complaint was about the test to stay program. That's what the county executive asked us to do the audit on. We took it upon ourselves uh, to look at some, uh, some other contracts, uh, specifically ones concerning the vaccination services that the same agency was also providing, and we found some irregularities there. Now, this was not a formal audit that we did. We did the formal audit on the test to stay program. Uh, which is a very demanding task. There are very rigid standards. Uh, they have a document uh, called the Yellow Book, which unless you're an accountant, unless you're a professional auditor, you probably have no idea what that's about. Um, and and it's, it's a very lengthy process. Uh, in the other program, the vaccination program, we did not conduct a full-blown audit, but we did do an analysis, what we refer to as an analysis of it, and we did find a lot of irregularities there, and I think we're going to recover about $140,000 more in that, in addition to the, uh, uh, the almost $580,000 we flagged in the formal audit of, uh, of the test-to-stay program. Uh, concerning other uh, uh, COVID-related expenses, uh, I, I don't think we have in my department the resources currently to do many full-blown audits. Uh, in addition to the other work we're doing, what I would prefer to do is, you know, do some sampling, do some analyses, less formal, but equally effective, I think, in terms of recovering money. And so that's what uh, that's what we're in the process of uh, of trying to set up. Is do we have the the uh, I, this is going to sound <laughs> I, I don't mean to word it this way, but this is the only way I can think to word it. Are Do we have the cheaper options now? Say that, you know, COVID spikes up this school year and we need to look at these services. Um, do we have the cheaper option or the option that's not going to cause the county to overspend? Well, I, I, I guess, are, are you talking about what agencies we might go with or, or well, just so this or, overspending or what? I mean, part of the problem um, that we all faced during COVID was we wanted to get things done quickly. Uh, when the legislature authorized uh, last summer 
the county executive to enter into this program with Buffalo Home Care for Testa Stay, um, there was no formal RFP request for proposals. Uh, some people might look at this as, as bidding, but in effect, you know, you're, you're asking, hey, what can you do for us to multiple agencies and putting that out? No, in this case, you know, I think they, they went directly to Buffalo Home Care because they had a relationship with Buffalo Home Care because of the vaccination program, um, and they knew they could get the job done. There was tremendous pressure to get the job done quickly. You might recall, uh, I think everyone would recall how controversial kids in school were, you know, whether to keep them out, whether to keep them in, if they came in contact with someone, whether they had to go home for two weeks or, or, or whatever. Um, and this was the sort of thing, if you went through a, a complete RFP process, you know, it might take uh, weeks or probably even months uh, and every day that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping the same policy where kids can't be in school if they're anywhere near someone else in COVID, uh, with COVID, then, you know, that's a day of education lost. And so, you know, you have to put yourself back in that time frame. I think if we had it to do over again, um, we would do some things differently. There's no question. I think that's that's uh, that's true of county government. It's true of other levels of government. It's true of businesses and, and us and the way we conduct our personal lives. We never come into anything like this, and, and mistakes were made across the board. That's not to excuse them. It's just to, just to say that they were made, um, and we have to move on, and we have to strengthen our procedures so that uh, we, we do a better job in the future. Is this something that the comptroller's office should have seen two years ago or a year ago when it was happening? I know it wasn't your position yeah. at the time, but would this have been something that could have been stopped before the money was lost? Uh, yeah, it, 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 it probably could have. As I said, mistakes were made. Uh, mistakes were made probably by the, the contractor. Uh, they were made certainly by folks, accountants in the health department uh, and my office, the controller's office. Uh, could have caught some of these, and you know we we have to own up to it and say we've got to be better across the board. Um, and I'm not pointing the finger of blame. Again, these invoices came in and were approved, and many of them paid uh, under my predecessor. Um, but um, you know, but uh, we, you know, we. I, I'm not going to use that and say, well, it was his fault. I'm just saying we are doing everything we can now to make sure this doesn't happen under my watch. Now, the, there's members of the legislature that are calling for more audits and asking how many other contracts did the county executive enter in uh, the process without legislature approval. Uh, Joe Larigo said that to the Buffalo News. Mm -hmm. Do you think there will be, are, are you looking at more audits or entertaining the idea of more audits over the time that the legislature didn't have um, really didn't have a say over what the uh, county executive was doing. Again, I think I, I think when you use the term audit, when he uses the term audit, I think uh, I, I don't want to speak for for Joe Larigo, but I assume that he would be satisfied with more informal analyses because we can do them quicker uh, and we can do more of them. If we were to do formal audits to the yellow book standards of of these programs. You know, it would take us a long time to just do one of them. Uh, in that same time, we could do we could do several informal analyses and probably find the same sorts of things that uh, he's looking for. If indeed 
they're there. Um, you know, we wouldn't know until we get in there. So I, I'm I'm committed uh, to looking at some more uh, more programs, but not necessarily hold them up to the formal audit standards. And I I don't want to get bogged down in nomenclature. And I would assume uh, that uh, that that Joe would be satisfied with that. Um, but that's a question you'd have to ask him, obviously. Kevin, you know, we talked. I asked you about the things that you know we learned, and maybe the quote cheaper option if this happened again. Do you think what we learned over the last two years, because you were a member of the legislature at the beginning of COVID, um, that we would ever get to a point where the legislature would be taken out of the approval process? Do, do you think we'd ever get to that point again? Yeah, no, and 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 realize the legislature did have. Uh, um, a say in this contract. There was a resolution passed by the legislature. Uh, you know, Joe Larigo, I, you know, voted uh, voted on that, and it was uh, it was to authorize the county executive to enter this program, um, and it was again done without the uh, the full RFP process and 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 everything because time was of the essence, and we knew that at the time. Um, you know. If if I were to change things, I think part of the problem with this particular program um, involves some vague language in the uh, in the contract that the uh, that was agreed upon. Uh, we authorized the county executive to enter in a contract. We didn't really look at the contract before we authorized him to do that. We might want to uh, you know we might want to look at that contract to, to make sure we're we're okay with it next time. In, in terms of you know, you hear about legislative oversight. I don't think you're ever going to get a case where the legislature is looking at all the invoices. That would just be too time consuming. I was in the legislature for 12 years. I don't remember a single case. Well, maybe maybe one or two cases, but but certainly not many cases during that dozen years uh, where the uh, the there were requests. Uh, by legislators, myself or anyone else, to look at actual invoices. It's just, you know, it's just not done that way. Uh, you expect that the uh, that the accountants uh, in the various departments, you expect the controller's office, uh, you know, will will make sure that these invoices are backed up with documentation, adequate documentation, uh, adequate justification for these payments. And in some of these cases, it was not. And that's why I say, you know, mistakes were made. We've got to get better. Kevin, uh, it, is, it is game day, and uh, the stadium is still a, uh, a topic of discussion. Where do we stand on uh, that extension that now is uh, quickly coming uh, to, to the uh, day again? Where do we stand on the stadium negotiations? I have no inside information on that. Uh, in, in regard to the stadium, uh, the role of my office and the role of me in particular it's going to be, you know, bonding for the uh, our share of the stadium when uh, when that money is needed. We anticipate that that'll be sometime next year. Originally, we thought it might be, you know, uh, late this year, but I'm I'm sure that's not going to happen now. Uh, we're looking at a variety of options. The uh, our share of the stadium deal is 250 million dollars. The county legislature and the executive have agreed that 100 million of that would be in cash from uh, from our fund balance. Uh, that leaves 150 million currently that would need to be bonded. Uh, we're looking at a variety of options, and there are a lot of options uh, how we could how we could go about uh, organizing that uh, arranging that bond sale. 
Kevin, you, you are the Erie County Comptroller, and I got to ask you a question. Uh, statewide, um, New York State has the fourth highest debt in the nation, and it's rising. Uh, what would be your advice to the state comptroller uh, to stop the rising of the state's debt? debt? I, I don't think it's the, the role of the, the state comptroller to stop the rising of the debt any more than it is the, the county controller. I mean, we can opine on things, but those are legislative decisions made by legislators and executives. Uh, and the state, of course, that's the governor and the state legislature. So they're going to be the ones that need to do that. You know, to put that statistic in perspective, however, if we have the fourth largest debt, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're getting that from a reliable source, um, you know, that sounds bad out of 50 states. But when you, uh, when you take into account, I think we're we're the fourth or we're the fifth largest state now. You've got California, Texas, Florida. Yeah, we're the fourth largest state. You know, you would you would anticipate that. You wouldn't expect that Delaware or Rhode Island would be the fourth highest. Now, if that happened, you'd say something's going on here. Uh, you would expect that California being so big would be, you know, the biggest or certainly in the top two. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, and, and that's not a not a defense of debt or a defense of spending, um, we also in New York State uh, have uh, have uh, high expectations for our public services. Uh, we expect more out of our government government than some other states uh, that spend a lot a la- lot less and, and borrow a lot less. Uh, that's not to say that that's right or that's wrong. It's just to say that it is. That is a uh, you know that's a fact. Um, so you know it's uh, uh, I, I I think it's it's. Uh, incumbent upon the controller of Erie County, the controller of uh, uh, New York State to make sure that there's not more money spent because of abuse and fraud. And certainly the state controller, Tom Tom DiNapoli, over his term in office has done a fine job. I think we've got a great state controller. And it's certainly something that we're trying to do in in Erie County and as evidenced by, you know, this report and this audit that we put out this past week. Now, you know, I can't let you go without asking a few questions for your political uh, analysis, Kevin, and that is state elections. You know, we have the gubernatorial race, um, Governor Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin, and um, I just want your your opinion on this. Kathy Hochul has agreed to just one debate. Uh, Do you think that's a bad look for the governor? No, I don't. I think if she agreed to zero debates, that would be a very bad look. Uh, but uh, but one debate, I think that you know, the, take your shot. I I, I think that uh, you know the, the 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 challenger, the person who's well, or the the underdog wants as many debates as possible because in any debate, there's a likelihood that someone is going to make a mistake. How bad that mistake is, you know, will will vary. Uh, but you know you want uh, you know you want to you want to lengthen the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 time on the clock, and you can do that by debating because the longer the longer the election goes, the more apt your opponent is to make a mistake, as long as you don't make any mistake. So certainly, Kathy Hochul, you know, uh, it's in her best interest not to debate any more than she has to, because you you know even the best. Uh, uh, government officials, even the best politicians, do uh, uh, make missteps from time to time. So that's not surprising. And the final question I have to ask you, because I did ask George Maziarz, a Republican, this question. So to be fair, Kevin, to keep the integrity of the show you started, Hardwick, I have to ask you, or Hardline, I have to ask you, 
as a Democrat this question. Uh, what do you think and what do you make of the Tish James civil lawsuit against Trump and his children? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I think it's it's been suspected for a long time that the manner in which uh, Donald Trump conducted his business uh, endeavors, you know, he he played fast and loose, and he he uh, operated around the margins, and he, you know, I mean, he was he was a wheeler dealer, and when he was an entrepreneur in the private sector, that's something people looked up to him for. Uh, it's why he got uh, one of my favorite all-time shows, The Apprentice, on uh, on NBC. Um, and you know, I think that uh, some of the some of the chickens may be coming home to roost. The fact that they're coming home roost, roost to roost, uh, you know, uh, a couple months before an election, uh, statewide election and uh, midterm elections, um, probably is not a coincidence. Or, or I'm sorry, yeah, not a coincidence. Uh, you know, there's probably something to the timing of that. Uh, but in terms of the charges themselves, I think a lot of us has, have suspected for a long time that. There probably is something there. Kevin, how do you think the Bills are going to look today? You know, I I hope they do well. You're worried about the defense, especially the back end. And, uh, you know, one of the nice things, uh, having followed the Bills for as long as you and I have, is this is one of the most deep teams, their roster. I mean, the people that we were cutting uh, after training camp, uh, you know, were picked up by other, other teams because they were so good. Um, I'm confident. I'm confident that uh, that the uh, coaches will uh, scheme things so that uh, the players that uh, that are stepping up will uh, will have an easy e- easy a job as possible. Um, I I think the Bills are going to win. I think they're going to score a lot of points. Uh, I don't think the defense will uh, will hold uh, Miami scoreless, but I think I think we'll come out with a win today. Kevin, always a pleasure having you on, and uh, happy anniversary to you on Thursday, and thoughts and prayers for continued uh, recovery. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, and happy anniversary to you and Katie. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.